We shouldn't be afraid of losing our glory or losing our presence. Um, Jesus walked into dark places, dealt with people that were living in gross sin, mm-hmm. but he didn't lose his holiness. He didn't lose who he was. And so yeah. um, we can be in the world, but not of the world. And so the raw mentality is like, if we're in the world, we're going to lose what God's given us. Welcome to season two of Discussions with Derek and Susan. Join in the discussion as we talk about God's economy, leading yourself, managing friendships, and many more topics. Now, let's begin the discussion. Hi, thank you for tuning in once again. I hope that all these discussions have benefited you and you are enjoying every episode. In these last two episodes, we are going to answer some of the questions that our viewers have posted. And I believe, Derek, you have those questions. Yep, pastors in the hot seat. Here we go. All right. So thank you for submitting your questions. Hopefully, we'll get to as many as we can. Um, If not, we'll try to do it again. But um, one question has to do with relationship. It says, how do you keep relationships pure with brothers and sisters? How do you uh, avoid becoming over-familiar? And how do you keep the proper boundaries with people that you're in relationship with? So question on boundaries with men and women. How do we uh, do that? I think they can listen to our podcast on <laughs> on the relationship. That helps a little bit. But what, any thoughts on that? Wow, there's a whole lot of questions in there. But uh, I think that uh, the Bible says to the pure, all things are pure. So I think that, you know, in building relationships, uh, we must constantly uh, regard that person as a child of God, mm-hmm. you know, as a brother in Christ, as a sister in Christ. Look at them through those eyes first, you know, and uh, know that they are loved and respected and God is with them. Yeah. The problem is a lot of time we build relationship based on what we see on the outside, right? How we feel when we are with people. But we don't look beyond that and know that no matter how that person, who they are, uh, there's God on the inside of them. So if we are God-fearing, then we also have reverence on the God that's in on the inside. And so we don't violate, uh, we respect, we love, and we don't violate, we we keep all things pure yeah. uh, because God is holy and God is pure. Yeah, and uh, you know, just to add to that, in the scripture that comes to mind, what does the Bible say? Treat older women as moms, treat older men as dads, treat younger uh, women or those that are aged as a sister. Treat men as a brother. And so mm-hmm. I think that's where we need to have health in that and keep it in that zone, in that arena. Um, so we're not getting our emotions involved or overly emotional with a person or um, having wrong expectations of them. Healthy boundaries, healthy expectations uh, bring about healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question. How do we flow in the Holy Spirit in the marketplace without becoming overly religious or too Christian by, but still be holy and relatable while reaching the lost? Okay. Loaded you know, question. <laughs> Derek, I think that God is a very relevant God. It is a relational God. I Sometimes I have a problem with people who think that because you're led by the Holy Spirit that you are not relational or you're spooky or that you're out of this world, people cannot relate. Because on the contrary... I believe that if you are really flowing with the Holy Spirit, then you will be the most likable person. You will be a person that people gravitate to. You will be a person that people can hear the voice of God on the inside of you. They may not know it's God, but they can hear something pure, something something that they they are drawn to. Uh, That's my experience, you know, um, 
as a marketplace leader, I don't always talk about God. I may uh, quote scriptures. I may uh, talk about when people ask me, I do openly share about what God did in my life. But I I don't use, you know, uh, religious language or, yeah. um, or, or say things that is over their head, right? So I think uh, if you're led by the Holy Spirit, you should be the most... Um, fun person to be with or the most inspiring or uh, someone that people yeah. are attracted to and they look up to. Um, so because God is relevant. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say the same. I would say, keep it genuine. Um, you know, don't, like you said, I don't use religious jargon that the Christians are, that the unchurched is not going to understand. Mm. Keep it genuine. You know, my favorite quote, one of them, I've said this before, St. Ignatius, he said, preach the gospel and use words when necessary. So I think through our life, we don't have to act one way in the church and outside of the church. Um, I'm the same here in a podcast as I am with my family, as I am on the pulpit and, and keep that and, you know, examine our hearts that we're not becoming religious or acting a certain way in what we think people should be like, what we should be like to be a Christian. And then we're not ourselves. And then we have to try to figure out how to be, bring that into the workplace be the same. But I, I must qualify that there are certain times when God speaks to a person yeah. and there is not logical. Yeah, yeah. Right. And that's how God leads me. Many yeah. a times he will speak to me and it it uh it violates, you know, general understanding or uh people of the world may not understand why you do things. It mm -hmm. looks silly. It looks, yeah. you know, illogical. Yeah. Uh but God impressed upon me and yeah. I'm very sure that you know and I had confirmation and the word yeah so I will stick with my principle and when people ask me I said well you know the Lord had spoken and I I feel that this is yeah. how we should do it yeah. you know and if it's God then it, God will validate himself and through the process of time because God validated and and things you know things will open up and then people can see wow yeah there's something like there's something uh real here yeah you know and I say that too, you know, like it's just saying, hey, I'm a Christian. I believe God speaks and leads us as Christians. And this is what I felt. It's just using the language where they can, they may not understand it like you're saying, but it also piques their curiosity. And then they see the fruit of you obeying God and how it worked out mm -hmm. and what happened. And that can be a testimony. Mm -hmm. All right, next one. Um, how do we become a glory carrier and keep ourselves pure each day in the presence of God regardless of what you're doing or people that you're around. We're called to be God's temple, but what do we do practically to keep it clean and be open to receive daily from God? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, um, what is what is glory, actually, you know? Um, Carrying the presence of God. And, yeah, and, yeah. I think they're trying to say, don't. how do we not be defiled? And carry the presence of God, glory of God, even in the world when, you know, maybe we're around uh, environments that are contrary to that. Yeah, I think when, you know, when people ask me that, I always tell them, uh, advise them on focusing on what you can do. Yeah. Because if you focus on what you can do, the result will come, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it is not for you to say, I carry the glory. It's for people to see that you carry the glory. Exactly, <laughs> right? yeah. So what do you need to do to focus? If you uh, if you say how to keep the temple clean, sweep it, clean it, you know, every day, inspect your heart. Is there yeah. anything that's in your heart that is, that is uh, grieving the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. So what is the thing that you're doing that's grieving the Holy Spirit? 
So on top of that, you know, how do you clean your house? You need to wipe it down. You need to put a fresh coat of paint. So read the word. Let the word bring forth freshness in your life. And you're not, you know, you're not carrying dead weight. You're not entertaining sin that you thought, you know, was not there. But actually the word is reading you and telling you there's sin in the, in the camp. So if you focus on all these things and the temple is clean, the voice of God is loud, it overflows, you see, because yeah. that's how the Holy Spirit works. It overflows out your, of your life. But people try to live up to a certain persona yeah. and then try to impress other people. And it is, it, is, um, it, is a, it is a burden because when you live right, you will have the power of the Holy Spirit flowing out of you. Yeah, you know, I mean, the verse, you know, greater is he who's in us than he's in the world. We mm -hmm. shouldn't be afraid of losing our glory or losing our presence. Um, Jesus walked into dark places, dealt with people that were living in gross sin, mm -hmm. but he didn't lose his holiness. He didn't lose who he was. And so yeah. um, we can be in the world, but not of the world. And so the raw mentality is like, if we're in the world, we're going to lose what God's given us. No, every place that our feet shall tread, we have dominion. We go in there, not with arrogance. We go in there with humility. We go in there with love. But, uh, you know, in the midst of darkness, the grace of God is there. And so we can walk in who we are and not feel that we're going to be defiled because of an environment. And so I think that's something that we need to, to, to yeah. know. And, you know, the church needs to get out of the bunker and just waiting for Jesus to come back and, and think that we're going to get defiled. Yeah, God will call us. Now we need to keep our covering. We need to go. I'm not saying run out and and take on something God hasn't called you to, but don't be so concerned. Um, I don't think it's so easy to lose the presence of God and lose what God's given us. We carry it. It's a part of us. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's in us and that's not going to change. Yeah. Nothing can trigger what is not there. So exactly. if something is there, it, it will be triggered. So the, the thing is to clean house and submit it to, Ooh, to that'll God. That'll preach. Right? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, if there's something that's in us, we're being tempted and that's the thing, then deal with that first. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, 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 and submit it to God. But we're mm. walking in holiness. It means we're set apart. Mm. We're not going to be defiled by something if God um, has yeah. our heart and we're set apart for him. I believe God has released an apostolic anointing for breakthrough. It's the ox anointing, an anointing that's not just for the apostle, but for a people that are downloading the strategies of heaven into their life, into their businesses, into their family, into their ministries. This ox anointing is available for everyone, and we desire to see you getting into breakthrough. Consider becoming a Breakthrough Mentorship Partner today so that we can partner together with you, join our faith together with you, and believe God for your breakthrough. Um, another question, um, how do you determine what season of life you're in? And how do you know how to respond to the different seasons? How, how do you know the different season that you're in? Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I think, um, you know, I, when I hear this question, I kind of think, am I in a season to get attached, get married, or, you know, that kind of season? Um, that's what I would kind of look at it at. How do you know you're ready for something? How do you respond to it? Um, you know, if, if God is the author and the finisher of our faith. Yeah then God knows when to write the next chapter. Mm. We are a book, right? Yeah. Every, every season is a chapter. Yeah. So if 
one chapter ends the end, it goes to the next chapter. So I don't worry about, am I in the season for this or am I in the season for that? Yeah. So in, in respect to what you talk about, that scenario from moving from singlehood to, a, to attaching, uh, to, to uh, be committed to a relationship and so on. Mm. Uh, I remember when I thought I was ready, I said, God, you know, I thought I'm ready. You know, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because God is the author and the finisher. I'm, I'm yeah. subjected to him. Yeah. He knows me better. So when I told him that, Lo and behold, uh, I remember um, I told him that in 1999, <laughs> I said, God, I'm ready for a relationship. And then God responded to me in Proverbs 31. And he says, behold, there's a man by the gates. Mm. Right? Behold, there's a man by the gates. Before that, before I went to Bible school, I remember I asked God, God, you know, I'm already so old. You know, I, I need to get <laughs> attached. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to get attached. I don't want to miss the boat, you know. And I remember when I prayed, God said, I have the best one in store for you. Mm. <laughs> and he didn't say anything else. He didn't say, and yeah, I knew in my good. heart, it was not the season for yeah. a relationship, yeah. though he said that. So you see that the confirmation in your heart, yeah. you must go with the confirmation and the word of God. And then, uh, but then after he said that, I knew that it was time for me to go Bible school and be trained. Mm, so mm. God will lead. So don't keep worrying yeah. about, am I in the season for this? Am I in the season for that? Just follow yeah. God. My advice to you, follow God. Yeah. He will lead you when one <laughs> chapter ends, the next chapter will begin. And, and you know, when you talk about the season, I mean, if it's the season of harvest, you don't need to figure it out and help the harvest. It's going to start blooming. Mm -hmm. If it's a season to plow, it's hard. You know it. You know, And so recognizing the season is important, yes. but we don't have to make it happen. You know, we just need to open our eyes and look what's there. What is God doing? Like you said, God is writing the story of our life and painting a beautiful picture mm -hmm. and uh, the author, the finisher, and just let God do it. And don't think we have to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And while I'm in this season, I better do something. Well, we don't have to be striving. The servant yeah. of God doesn't strive. Yeah, exactly. The tree doesn't try to force itself to bear fruit, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Last question for this one. And we're going to have uh, some more questions in the next episode. How do you gain favor with God? Wow. Okay. How do you gain favor with God? I think uh, God is always wanting to endow his favor on his people. But what's the key? The key is you must uh, submit your life to God. Mm-hmm. You must live a life of willingness and obedience. When you're willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. Yeah. That is the promise of God. So God loves us, but favor is only given to those who are willing and obedient. Mm. Yeah. And mm. and there was a season in my life that was missing in my life. Even though I was attending church, I was tithing to church. I was, you know, serving. I was I love Jesus and Jesus knows that. I love him. But I knew I didn't have favor. Mm -hmm. I, I knew I didn't have favor. There was a lot of striving in my life and, and God had to, uh, God had to actually gave me a dream, which I didn't know that dream, uh, that I, I had. Uh, and it came about in one year in 1997 when I had a deja vu and I realized well, for the first time in my life, this word favor, I don't have, I don't have favor with the Lord. And I had to confront God. I said, God, what's wrong with me? You mm -hmm. tell me today what's wrong with me why I do not have favor. And then the Lord spoke to me. He said, for all these years, you have, you called me to follow you, but you now need to follow me. He said, if I have died for you, would you live for me? Yeah. I remember very clearly. Yeah. 
And on that day on my knees, I realized that all these years I've not followed the Lord. Mm. I love the Lord, but the Lord followed me. But of course, that's not biblically true. But, you know, I was always going ahead of God. And that day on my knees, I said, God, I will follow you. Yeah, I'm willing. I will follow you. From that day forward, I made a choice to always be willing and obedient. Mm. And I felt the favor of the Lord, yeah. not only in my life, my ministry, my family, you know, uh, my business, my finances. Uh, and it's something that I would not trade for anything else. Yeah, well, we have favor with God and with man, but... We've got to be following him. And God gives mm. us a certain level of blessing, but we're not going to enter the promised land unless we're willing, you know? And yeah. willingness is, is laying down our heart to follow, surrender, mm. and not just being obedient because we know we have to. It's the Bible, yeah. but there's an engagement in our heart. So there mm. you have it. We hope you've been blessed by this Q&A. We're going to be back in the next episode and continue some more. Come on, share this with some people that maybe uh, you had a friend that asked. Continue to submit your questions to us. We'll try to get them to them in the next season also. We pray you've been blessed. We'll see you in the next episode. See you soon.